I was so scared about losing my license as a nurse practitioner. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I was like, look, I'm this young girl from the hood, okay? I didn't got this master's degree. I'm finally making $100,000. Y'all not finna take this from me, okay? <laughs> so anytime they would ask me to do things that I felt were inappropriate or I felt were not in line with my scope of practice, I was constantly looking up. Like I was policy queen. And so I think my coworkers recognized that. So they would always come to me and be like, Victoria, what's the policy about such and such? Such and such asked me to do this. What's the policy? I don't know. You know, and I was constantly looking up policies for them. And I, I was just happy to provide the answer. And so I recognized that people came to me for that. And the, even though I didn't find that to be a strength, it was. And so this is where I talk about translating your strengths and your, your nursing knowledge or whatever knowledge you have and translating it into a business. Now, what do I do? I write policies and procedures for CNA schools all around the nation, okay? We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. And we are live. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Born Jr. And I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What up to the people? Glad to be back. Glad to be on another episode. I'm excited. We're about to, you know, about to get the truth. We're about to get deep and down into it, but I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Shout out to our intern team. You guys are amazing. But without further ado, guys, you know we love to bring you special guests. This week is no exception. Very excited for this episode. We have a complete lady boss that's about to drop so many gems on you guys. Oh my goodness, I hope y'all have your pen and your paper ready. Without further ado, I do want to go ahead and introduce our healthcare entrepreneur for this episode, the lovely Miss Victoria Randall, who is also a nurse practitioner and she is the owner of secret cocktails which we will get into that a little bit more miss randall thank you so much for joining us how you feeling i'm awesome thank you guys so much for having me i love what you guys are doing it is so needed and i'm happy to be a guest absolutely thank you for blessing us with your presence so we like to be respectful of your time because i mean obviously you got boss things you could be doing but you're here with us <laughs> so We'll go ahead. We'll, ju we'll just jump right into it. Right off the bat, tell us, why did you choose to pursue the field of nursing? And then what made you not only stop with just being, you know, an ASN or a BSN and eventually going on to become a nurse practitioner as well? I entered the profession on accident. I tell people I never thought I wanted to be a nurse. To be honest, I never even thought about going to college. That was not uh, an option for me. Um, I'm one of those people. So I kind of accidentally got a job at a nursing home. I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I was a CNA at the time, didn't even have formal training. They trained me on the job and I loved it. I love being able to be there for people in their time of need and actually being a person who, you know, lived a life of needing help, being able to provide help to people was just totally gratifying. So um, I fell in love with it from there. And 
again, not really understanding how to navigate the educational world, I accidentally learned and um, got my ASN, just like you said, got my BSN, and then uh, finally did go on to become a family nurse practitioner only because I missed patient care. As a BSN nurse, I got my BSN for a managerial position. And in management, I'm just not a do girl. I hated it. So um, I missed my patients and I became a family nurse practitioner and I have been for the past five years now um, to get back to my patients. But it's kind of funny because now I'm not even doing that anymore. But anyway, <laughs> that's a story for another topic, right? Shout out to all our nurse practitioners. You know, fun fact, my primary medical provider my entire childhood until I was a grown adult was a nurse practitioner. Mm. The day she retired, I was broken because at that point I realized I didn't know who I was supposed to see. Like, <laughs> she pick up my calls. She take care of me from like when I was like ten. Um, so shout out to all our nurse practitioners. Thank you. I want to start by asking. You know, as you mentioned, like you got back into, but now you're not even seeing patients anymore, right? Mm -hmm. What would you say was like your pushing motivation to go from there into like where you currently are? Like, what events happened along the way that inspired that? To go from with, from where to where? From being able to see patients to now not even seeing patients at all. Got you. So I'm going to be honest. To this day, I still miss my patients. I really do. I do still miss them. But the motivating factor in all honesty was that I recognized that even as a nurse practitioner, there was a cap to my income. Okay? There was always going to be a cap. And although, yeah, people think, oh, you know, you're a nurse practitioner. You know, you're getting that money. Um it's still hard work and you're still honestly not truly compensated for that work. And so um, moving into entrepreneurship is when I recognize like, wow, you mean there is no cap here? <laughs> like I can get paid for all this knowledge that I've acquired, add my spin to it and I can get paid infinite amount of money. Um, at that point when I realized that and I recognized I can take my nursing expertise and translate it into a business that can give me no cap income, I was sold. Sold. So, so once you made that transition, talk to us a little bit, because we know you have the, the business, CNA Instructor Consultants, also mm -hmm. known as the Secret Cocktail. Once you made that transition, what was it like, you know, starting that up? And, and talk to us a little bit about some of the setbacks that you had with trying to get that to where it is today? Um, there were multiple setbacks and there still are setbacks, right? Um, entrepreneurship, especially when you're a first generation entrepreneur like myself, you don't have anyone guiding you. You don't know what you're doing wrong. You don't know if what you're doing is right and you don't even know what you don't know, <laughs> right? So um, navigating the process has definitely proven to be a challenge, but like I'm up for it. Like, that's what I do. I challenge myself consistently. Um, nursing school is not easy for me. I was one of those people who had to like study five times and then I would get it. And even then I still got like maybe a C or a B on my test. <laughs> it was never easy for me. I struggled. I was very good hands-on, but from a paperwork standpoint, it was always rough. So I'm saying all that to say entrepreneurship has been rough, right? But um, I really stay motivated because again, I have this goal in mind. So with my company, The Secret Cocktail, we start CNA programs specifically. And uh, that was our initial offering, hence the name, The CNA Instructor Consultants. This is where, again, learning comes in as an entrepreneur. I started learning that 
people want more than CNA, right? And although CNA is my passion and is how I got started in healthcare, and that's why I wanted to start CNA schools all over the nation, because I started my own school back in 2015, loved it. It was a hard process to navigate. And I kind of like started this YouTube channel and it blew up overnight. And then um, I realized I'm not the only one with this problem. Like everyone that wants to start a CNA school doesn't know how to do it. So let me start the CNA Instructor Consultants. Well, again, the company grew and people started reaching out to me about phlebotomy and how do I start medical assistant and dental and all these things, right? And then I realized, oh my gosh, I put myself in a box. So um, I learned very quickly and I teach even my clients that I work with now, when you're naming your business, think about where you wanna be five years from now, not in the moment. And uh, that's where the name, The Secret Cocktail end up coming from because, and we actually trademarked it. So we still have our business under The Secret Cocktail, but one of our brands that's trademarked under that is The Secret Cocktail. And The Secret Cocktail means that we offer a plethora of services we have the secret sauce, if you will, the whole secret concoction to help you start your healthcare training school. And that's our uh, primary focus now. So that right there was a learning lesson. Like you think you got the name, you think you got the services figured out, but then the people will tell you what the need actually is. Man, I got so many questions. <laughs> but um, what before I get into this, I want to ask you specifically, because I don't want to just leave, because you mentioned something, and, and I don't want the listeners to think like it was just something that happened overnight, right? When it came to like being able to create the CNA school, mm -hmm. here's why I bring it up. Because like the way you said it, it just sounded like, boom, I just woke up one day, I said, boom, I just need to make this. And then everybody was like, yo, how do you do it? How do I do this? <laughs> let's, not, let's not just pass right over that, right? I need right. people to actually and um, the driving forces behind it. So one, not to box it in, but if you could kind of give us like the top three or five, four things that were required of you to ensure you were able to actually do it successfully, what would those things be? Because I think somebody probably just heard that and said, I didn't even know I could do that. Honestly, I didn't know I could do that, right? So if somebody just like had their interest sparked, what are like the top three, four, five things that you would suggest they just make sure they're focusing on, they have together, whatever it is, to ensure that the process actually goes through successfully? Yeah, definitely. Number one is passion, right? Like, don't just say, I want to start a school because it's profitable or like it's the cool thing to do. You have to have a passion behind it. So for me, my passion was becoming a CNA is what started my journey in um um, in career, right? And so without becoming a CNA, I would never be a nurse practitioner, guarantee it. So because that changed my life so significantly, I wanted to change other people's lives. And I wanted to introduce them to another way of life, you know, getting out of poverty, getting out of this living check to check. How can you educate yourself and get into this career path that has infinite possibilities? And so I know how I can do that. I can help people, other people become a CNA. And how can I do that? I can own my own school. That's my passion, right? So I had to have that passion because I'm going to tell you right now, it took me two years to start my CNA school. You're right. It didn't happen overnight, okay? <laughs> it took two grueling years. Who do you know that's going to push themselves for two years to make something happen? Not many people. Many people will give up after two months if it ain't going their way, right? So it took me two years. So number one, you have to have passion. Number two is you have to be a nerd, <laughs> 
not necessarily a nerd, but you have to seek information, right? Because if you don't have the information in front of you, if you don't know where to get the information, you have to learn how to acquire that information. And with today's world, like I remember back in the day, I had to catch a bus, go to the library, search a periodical, learn the Dewey Desmo system. Like I had to do the most just to get one piece of knowledge, right? Now we have the internet where you can just type a few words and everything possible is in front of your face. I don't think people recognize how powerful that is. And so um, utilizing those, that ability right in front of you and just endlessly using it. So, I mean, I, I was just consuming information nonstop. Once a week I devoted, I said, I'm gonna devote time. So that's another thing you have to be passionate. You have to seek knowledge and you definitely have to have some type of drive. So I said, you know what, I'm going to determine three hours a week and I'm going to research as much as I can on this topic, whether it's three hours being one hour a night or three hours on a Saturday, whatever. I don't care what's going on, who needs to do what, this is what I'm doing. Just like you would a job, you know, you can't say, oh, I'm not going to go to work today. No, you going to go to work today. So no, I'm going to study. I'm going to figure out how to open this school. I was determined. Um, so I spent that time and dedication to figuring that stuff out, even though it took me two years. So um, I would say those would be the top three things, passion, seeking information, seeking knowledge, and then being uh, really disciplined. There, there we go. That's the term. Being disciplined um, to see that all the way through. Many people will start something, very few will finish it. So one thing that I want to I want to kind of transition into, and I think this kind of builds off of some of the things you just listed. You know, I feel as you're going through your entrepreneurial journey and you're going through your endeavors, I think that there is kind of like a learning curve, you know, depending on whatever it is specifically that you may be putting out there as far as content or whatever it is that you bring uniquely to the entrepreneurial environment. And so the question that I want to ask you is for you, how would you say you were able to identify your superpower, your superpower when it came to being an entrepreneur or essentially your strengths? Because I think that's something that a lot of people tend to struggle with and they try to do too many things <laughs> instead of trying to play towards their strengths, you know, and focusing on those. So I wanted to ask you how you were able to kind of identify that. Honestly, um, it's hard to identify your own personal strength. You have to listen to the people around you. Honestly, people will show you what your strengths are. They will tell you. And how they tell you and show you is because that's what they come to you for. You know, you may realize at work, everyone comes to you about this one particular topic, right? Well, that's because they recognize that you're good with that and they're not. So you have to really look around your environment and say, what are people always coming to me for? What are people always asking me about? And what is easy for me to just give them the answer on? And that's probably what your strength is, uh, whether it's something that you have to verbalize or it's something that you're actually doing. So we have to stop looking in and sometimes look around us and see how people are utilizing us. Um, so for me, I know at work, my last job as a nurse practitioner before I started doing what I do now, this is a really good example. Um, I was so scared about losing my license as a nurse practitioner. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I was like, look, I'm this young girl from the hood, okay? I didn't got this master's degree. I'm finally making $100,000. Y'all not finna take this from me, okay? <laughs> so anytime they would ask me to do things that I felt were inappropriate or I felt were not in line with my scope of practice, I was constantly looking up. Like I was policy queen. 
And so I think my coworkers recognize that. So they would always come to me and be like, Victoria, what's the policy about such and such? Such and such asked me to do this. What's the policy? I don't know. You know, and I was constantly looking up policies for them. And I, I was just happy to provide the answer. And so I recognized that people came to me for that. And the, even though I didn't find that to be a strength, it was. And so this is where I talk about translating your strengths in your, your nursing knowledge or whatever knowledge you have and translating it into a business. Now, what do I do? I write policies and procedures for CNA schools all around the nation, okay? So I took that knowledge that I, I had in my work environment and now I've translated it into a business. So all those policies I was reading, understanding what really needs to be addressed in those policies, questioning, utilizing critical thinking, I apply that to my business now. You know, it's crazy that you mentioned that, and I never thought about this before. Um, I remember growing up, just kind of like, you know, with that, the, I remember the thing people would always come to me would almost kind of be like, what Carl and I are doing right now, right? Um, either, hey, man, like, how would you, it was always like, how do I convince somebody to do something? Or how do I, like, persuade somebody to go and do this or go and do that. And you're right, never think about it. People always come to that. Now it's like, wow, we're doing marketing and that's all we do all day and it comes naturally. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that really speaks to like the fact that, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Like um, if, if you're able to just think about, and the other part too is identify, you know, the right people around you to be able to tell you that stuff. <laughs> Some folk are just haters. <laughs> um, and again, you don't ask, you know, you just, right. you, you pay attention, you know? Right, right. And, you know, it, it's going to play to um, ultimately turn that strength into a business. And speaking of that, I want to talk a little bit more about the business that you do run. So, you know, people started come to, coming to you about, hey, how do I do this for this? How do I do this for that? Right. What steps did you then have to take to transition into not from from like I've created this one thing to now I suddenly had to become like the master of creating for everything right <laughs> how are you able to make that transition and how do you think like your journey as an entrepreneur has or has not been defined by that transition um that is something that honestly i'm still working on so um definitely i learned very quickly that i have to formulate processes and i have to be very organized so, you know, when people are coming to me asking me these questions, I initially, especially my first year in business, this is going on year three for me. And my first year, I would recognize people always ask me this one particular question, right? Like they're always asking me, can I start a CNA school? That was the biggest thing. Oh, I'm an LPN. Can I start a CNA school? Oh, I'm, a, I'm not a nurse. Can I start a CNA school? And I was like, you know what? I keep getting the same question. Number one, I ain't got time to keep answering the same question over and over, right? Like I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't. And number two, if this is a really common question, then I need to address it because maybe other people have, you know, a lot of people must have the same question. So what I did was, okay, well, let me put the answer in a, in a form that different people can consume it in the way that they like to consume it. So what did I do? I made a YouTube video about it. Okay. If you like to view media, stream media, bam, YouTube video for you. If you like to read. Well, guess what I did? I made a blog article about it. So I also have a blog article. And in my blog article, if you like to watch videos, you can click and watch the video. So again, formulating these processes based upon what my customers want, what they're asking me, and putting together these different processes so that when it comes about, it's easy for me to just click, click, it's done. 
I had to learn that very, very early on. And, and again, when I say I'm still learning that, I'm still learning it because again, we're getting ready to travel down new paths. So again, starting phlebotomy schools are getting ready to be new for us. So this is a new environment where I need to be conscious of what are people gonna ask me? Uh, what are the top things that they're interested in? How can I organize this information in a way that is easy for them to consume it or for me to grab it to answer that question for them? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. Again, listening to my customer, listening to what their needs are and then organizing it in a way that they can consume it without me or that I can obtain it when, when I need to give it to them. So Victoria, sitting here listening to you talk about all of this stuff, I think one thing is very prevalent that I would love to hear your opinion on and that's marketing. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, the conversation has come up that there are a lot of people who tend to shy away from marketing and what it looks like to invest in marketing, especially when you're trying to build a business. So what I would like to ask you is in terms of marketing, what would you say are the top three things that every entrepreneur needs to make sure they have in place? Okay. Before I answer that, can I say something about that? Absolutely. So one of the biggest problems with entrepreneurs is they think I can do everything. We think we can do everything. And because we have a limited amount of funding in the beginning, of course, we do technically have to do everything. Um, but you have to recognize, like you were saying earlier, what are your strengths? And then you need to recognize that there are gonna be places where you're gonna have to push certain things off to other people and invest in your business. I'm gonna say that one more time. Invest in your business in order to see a profit or a return. You know, that can be scary, but you have to. So you can't be like, for instance, when I started my senior school, I was the janitor. Okay. I was the, I, the program coordinator, the instructor, the owner, the, I was doing uh, payroll. I was doing everything. You know, I was doing social media management. I, you know, you can't. Okay. So stop, stop trying. Cause you can't, you can, but it's like the mama that has 12 kids. Somebody didn't get their butt washed last night. Okay. Somebody didn't eat dinner. <laughs> You know, somebody didn't get their homework done. Something didn't happen. Um, and in your business, you can't afford for something to not happen. You can't. You put too much time and too much energy into it. So I'm saying all that to say that I learned very early on that I can't do it all. And then number two, that if I want people to know about this awesome product or service that I have, I have to understand how to market it. And if I don't understand how to market it, I need to find somebody to help me market it. And that was a hard pill to swallow in the beginning. I'm gonna tell you right now, hard pill to swallow because marketing is not cheap, okay? And I see why it's not cheap now. <laughs> but uh, entrepreneur Victoria five years ago didn't quite get it, okay? Um, but I get it now and um, marketing is, is, is so key because again, you can go scream inside of Moe's that I do CPR and everybody in Moe's is gonna look at you like, and? You know, but if you went into a hospital and screamed, I do CPR, then you're going to have a lot of people that's going to be like, all right, let me, let me get that number. So, um, but people don't understand that, you know, you don't, they don't really understand how to identify their target customer, where their target customer lives online or offline and what to say when they find their target customer and stop being weird and saying, do you want to buy this? Because you would not do that in real life. Okay. You wouldn't walk up to somebody in real life and say, don't you want to buy this? So stop doing that online. <laughs> So um, either you need to be knowledge, well, I'm going to say period, you need to be knowledgeable yourself. You need to be 
somewhat knowledgeable. You do not need to know all the intricate details, but you need to be somewhat knowledgeable because A, you need to know what needs to happen in your business. B, you need to be able to hold people accountable to what needs to be going on in your business. And C, I mean, it's just, you're just not a good business person if you don't know what's going on. Like when you look at metrics, when you're asking about return on investment and stuff like that, you gotta know what you're looking for in order to ask for that stuff. So, you know, with understanding marketing, if you don't want to master it, find somebody else that can do it for you. But you need to know or have the basic foundation. Push out to people um, who do it. Like that's their specialty. Like for me, I'm a nurse. That's not my specialty. Marketing is not my specialty. So I, I invest in somebody to help me, you know, with my marketing. Um, and I think that's, that would be the top, top things I'd say. I love that. No, that's true. Especially the bit about people just need to understand that the investment into their business at the beginning will pay off way faster versus the thing where, you know, and I think the half the problem has to be this. All these people, when they start being entrepreneurs, their business is their baby and they treat uh -huh. it like it's just like infant that will never break and they have to hold it and, and protect it from the world because everybody wants whatever. Right. Wow. Like I always say this, your business is nothing but a machine. Like, and if you start adopting these feelings that hold you back from treating your business the way it needs to be treated, you're setting yourself up. That's that formula for failure right there. Like that's just a formula for failure. Um, something I need to ask you because, you know, you did mention, I ain't gonna lie. When you talked about, you know, the, how to be a CNA thing, I was just like, hold on, let me real quick check out what she's got going on on YouTube. And I noticed like, boom, one, two, three, you are the top three searches in YouTube mm -hmm. when you look up how to start a CNA school. Right. Yep. So that speaks to the fact of like what you just spoke about. Now, what I want to ask you on the back end of that is this, if you had not invested in marketing, knowing where you are today, seeing the results you're having and seeing the relevancy of which you, you hold. Where do you actually think you'd be? <laughs> I'd be frustrated, probably in debt, probably mad that nobody wants my service and so on. Um, I'm sure that <laughs> that is where I would be. Um, to your point, um, I learned, I wasn't, one, I wasn't the person that wanted to invest early on in actually uh, paying someone to do my marketing or helping me. I just didn't want to. And so I spent a lot of time researching. I told you I'm a nerd. Like I like researching and looking stuff up. So I spent a lot of time looking up things, educating myself or paying to go to seminars to learn or, you know, paying for one-on-one -on -one consults from other people to learn the basic things. And then once I kind of ran with those basic things and I started mastering those basic things, then I recognized, whoa, like this is a whole full-time job right here. Okay. And I already got a full-time job <laughs> running this business. And so that's when I recognized that I needed to step away and bring somebody else in to, to take care of that part for me. But I'm glad that I did that initially again, because now I have the knowledge base. Now I know to listen to my customer and the key words and the key terms that they're using is what I need to be using. So that when you do search certain key terms related to CNA schools, I'm automatically everywhere. Like nobody else is mastering it like I am. And I don't know, it could be that nobody else is doing what I am. I don't know. But I know I'm everywhere. I'm not going to say I don't know. Clearly, I know my competition because I stalk them. Yes, I do. If you're my competition, I stalk you. Um, <laughs> so I do stalk my competition. I figure out what they're doing, what they're not doing, and I do it better every time. Um, but again, 
no one's doing it like I am. And, and that's because maybe they don't understand those basic marketing strategies. And a lot of times people who you pay for marketing, you know, you have to be careful because they're only going to give you what you think you want. Then, you know, you got to find somebody that's going to take a deep dive and really learn your business, figure out what is needed for your business and help you achieve that for your business. Cause they can't do it on their own either. It is a joint effort. Marketing is a joint effort. 100% agree with everything you just said. So now I want to kind of plug for, for anyone who's listening, you know, and they're interested in, you know, your products or your services. Talk to us a little bit first about your bedside to business course. And then after that, talk to us a little bit about the annual mastermind retreat that you have. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I do everything, right? <laughs> so in my business, I have um, the secret cocktail. So we do consulting that is strictly to help you start a TNA school. We have a mentorship program, which is an online business building mentorship program. Um, it's really like a blended course. So it has online content and online modules. And then you actually meet with me directly one-on-one. Um, to help you through your paperwork process. So we have that offering. I also do complete project management, which means we do it all for you. So if you don't have time, you don't want to, you know, you just want to hire somebody to help you, we do that. Now, what you mentioned about the, um, from bedside to business course, um, as a nurse entrepreneur, um, I'm really excelling in what it is that I do. And there's, I'm not going to say there's not a lot of nurses who are excelling in business because there are, but there's not enough. Let's say that. And so I've been able to excel in business and what I do. And the, there was a company called NP Hub that recognized that. And so NP Hub actually reached out to me um, and they wanted to do a collaborative joint effort where I help um, nurses understand how to navigate business. And so NP Hub is actually a, um, it's like a preceptor matching um, service for nurse practitioners. And uh, a lot of nurse practitioners are interested in going into business. And so that's why I uh, did the course with them. So the course literally goes from A to Z on formulating the idea. Like if you don't even know what the idea is yet, you just know you want to be an entrepreneur in nursing, but you're not sure what, I help you formulate the idea all the way to executing it in the bedside to business um, course. And then um, lastly, what you just stated was the mastermind retreats. All right. So the Secret Cocktail Mastermind Retreat is an annual retreat in Atlanta where um, healthcare school owners spend three days, not just with me because I don't know it all, okay, but with other people who have perfected certain elements. And that is, uh, I have an attorney come out to talk to you about business legalities and things to consider in business. I have a Facebook marketer come out, talk to you about Facebook ads. I have um, expert in Google and all, I mean, all types of different things over those three days to come out and help educate owners about their business and how to grow it. Last thing I want people to do is start a business and they can't get students. That is not what I'm in the business for. I'm in the business to help you touch lives and help you be profitable at the same time. And the only way I can do that is what I learned worked for me. And that's for learning a little bit about marketing. Now, after I give them that basis, they have two choices. They can continue to run with it on their own, or they can recognize that you probably are going to hire somebody, okay, to do that for you. And so either way, I, I leave them empowered. You do it all. <laughs> well, you know, you got to have multiple streams of income, okay? She's um, about this. Okay, <laughs> she's about this. Um, just because I want to plug it, 
I know you also have the free mini course as well. When we were doing our little, I'll call it research. Mm-hmm. We were stalking you online. That's it. <laughs> we're just looking at everything. You, you have know? to prepare for this, right? You got to, you got to. But I know, you know, kind of speak about, you know, why you created that as well, especially about the YouTube starter guide worksheet. Cause I know that is key for the people that are trying to figure out how to start their YouTube stuff mm-hmm. and make sure it succeeds. Um, why'd you put that together? Let's be real. People are, are afraid to invest. People don't know who I am. You know, if you're listening to this, this is your, probably your first time ever having an encounter with me, right? So you don't know if you can trust me. You don't know anything about me. So getting a taste of what it is I have to offer through the mini courses gives people an opportunity to make a educated decision on whether or not I'm for them. I have the knowledge, hands down, right? A, you don't know it yet. And B, even if I have the knowledge, I may not have the personality that you want to work with, right? So um, you ha- we have to be a good match. And I understand that. And the only way for people to know that is through getting a little bit of a freebie to learn more. So I think um, people who are listening, you know, if you have a service and you find it hard to convert people or to get people to work with you, um, sometimes that may be an option that you may want to consider as some type of a, a freebie course. But yeah. That course um, with YouTube, oh my God. Like when I started my YouTube channel, oh my God, you should see some of my first videos. I'm like, ah. um, but you know, equipment, you know, what equipment, you guys are podcasters, you know, like there's equipment associated with this stuff and um, what do you need and what's the right thing? What's the wrong thing? It can be also confusing and it doesn't really need to be. It doesn't need to be. So I just want to try to help it be a little easier. Now, I wanna, I wanna. This will this will be my last question for you. But just to kind of give people a, a little bit more insight on on who you are, what would you say? What would you say success means to you? Mm. That's a good one. Um, I guess success for me, it's different levels. But the, the initial level is being in a place where you feel good. You know, you feel respected, you feel confident, you feel secure. To me, that is a level of success. It's not one thing. It's not one person. It's not one item. It's not a house. It's not a car. Um, it's just being in a place where I feel comfortable, I feel good, and I feel like a weight is lifted off of me. Um, I can be in a good space. To me, that is what success is because to me, that's what I'm trying to achieve. (laughs) I want to be in a space that is, um, you know what I mean? Where I can just breathe. Um, and then I feel successful. Now peace is undefeated. It is. I'm telling you, like when you, I'm telling you, you know, when you come from a situation where, (laughs) You know, every day is a struggle and, you know, you just don't know. You don't know what the next day has. You don't know how you're going to make it to the next day. I mean, it's rough. So when you finally can get in a position where you just feel like, I ain't got to worry, that's success. However you got there, (laughs) that's success to me. I have uh, one last question as well. Um, And I guess I think I want to ask it based on that piece as well, because I know a lot of people tend to struggle with we'll call it the leap into entrepreneurship mm-hmm. where, and it blows my mind 
and that just because I'm crazy and I just went full head into all my businesses. Um, but I know people, you know, still, they can see the benefits of being an entrepreneur. They can see the benefits of what being an entrepreneur does for your life. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, my big thing is time. I like having time with my girlfriend and like, that's a big thing for me. The less time I can spend, you know, just doing nonsense and more time I spend with her, I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but people could see all of that and still feel like, uh, I, I don't know, you know, I'd rather kind of stick, what do they call it? I'd rather stick with, you know, the person that is in charge of my life and, and, and my vacations and, and sends me a check every two weeks or a month. I don't know, whatever your thing is, right? And then they'll complain, 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 and not take the steps required, even if they have it within them to do it, right? Yeah. So to that person, I know some of them are listening. I right? shout out to y'all. But to that person, what do you say to, you know, get them to take that first step and say, okay, I'm actually going to do it. Cause I know for us, it could be different for you versus for Carl and myself. It's different for me versus for Carl. But all I know is the three of us decided to take that step and do it anyway. But there's somebody who's listening that just isn't quite there yet. And they're sick and tired of hearing Carl and I say it. So maybe they need to hear you say it. Mm -hmm. what, what are you telling them to say, okay, go ahead and take that first step. I think it, in my consulting and in my being an entrepreneur, I produce entrepreneurs, right? That's what I do in my business. I help produce entrepreneurs. Um, so working with them for the past three years now, I'm recognizing an underlying theme. And that underlying theme is knowledge deficits. So I think the fear stems significantly from the unknown. And so stop not knowing and, and know. <laughs> so, you know, you say, oh, I don't know how to start the business okay, well, get the information to figure it out, right? Um, or, oh, I don't know where the money is going to come from. Okay, well, do you even know how much money is going to cost? No. Okay, well, then how come you don't? Find out how much money is going to cost, right? So if you, and, and so I find myself doing a lot of hand-holding in my business. I'm okay with that because um, I was a person who needed my hand held too. So I'm okay to um, hold hands through the process. But I tell all of my, my customers and my clients, you need to business plan, period. When you business plan, now you have a full understanding of what is needed and you can make a knowledgeable decision. Now I looked at my business plan. Oh, okay, according to my market analysis, this is really needed, right? Okay, according to my projections within the first year, I'm gonna make this amount of money as long as my product or service is this amount. And these are the things I need to do. This is how much it's going to cost for a building. Like if I can objectively see all of that data, now I can have information to make an educated decision to make the leap. But if you don't have any of that knowledge, you don't know if this is really a good thing to go into or not. Where is it going to be in the next 20 years? Um, you know, what is the market value for a place? How much are people charging for this or paying for this? You know, how many people do you have to have Per month to make this work like if you don't know any of that I'll be scared too <laughs> you know um, you're fearful because you don't know any of the things I just asked anybody in business you better if I asked you how much money do you plan on making in January you better have the answer if you are sitting there like a deer in the headlights or you say um you're doing something wrong you're not planning and when you're not planning you're gonna be fearful and you're not gonna meet your outcome period like you're not gonna meet your goal so um, I tell anyone, it's the fear. The fear factor is there. That's why you don't want to jump. I get it. 
you have to go and gain knowledge. It's not going to happen overnight. It may take a couple months. Hell, it may take a year. But as long as you're diligent and you constantly feed yourself information, you write it down, you put it in a place that it makes sense, you organize it. Uh, if you can't do that, you hire somebody to help you do that. But that's the only way that you can make a leap of faith in good faith. What do you guys think? I think I couldn't think of a better way to end the podcast. That was amazing. <laughs> no, seriously, that, that, that was, that was awesome because me and Paul, you know, we can only say it so many times where people are like, yeah, okay, we know we get it, you know, but it sometimes things hit differently when you hear it coming from someone else and from a new perspective. So um, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Also, Thank you for making the time to to come on the show. You know, this this was a blast. We really appreciated, you know, all the gems that you dropped on us and on our listeners. Now, for anyone who is listening and this is their first encounter, you know, with you, what would be some uh, social media information or any contact information that you would want to leave with them? All right. So um, again, my name is Victoria Randall. Um, It is Randall spelled R-A-N-D-L-E. Uh, non-traditional way. Um, however, though, you can find me on social media everywhere as The Secret Cocktail. Just how it sounds. Our YouTube is The Secret Cocktail. Our Facebook is The Secret Cocktail. And our Instagram is The Secret Cocktail. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, though, um, as Victoria Randall. And I'm also on um, Instagram and Facebook as Victoria Randall. So I have my professional, um, you know, my professional profiles there in addition to my business. Oh, an email. Um, email is info at thesecretcocktail.com. And y'all know what time it is. Let me put them, let me pull the mic in closer for our listeners so they can hear me this time. Okay. Listeners, look, we like y'all. We really appreciate that y'all take time to um, listen to these episodes, and we really appreciate the fact that y'all want to do better. But listen, listen, y'all need to start texting us, and here's why. In our texting community, in our texting group, I just give out all the heat all day, every day, every week. And if you're not in there, you're missing out. If it's a t-shirt you want to get, Carl and I both have the black ones on today, you know what to do. Text the word shirt. Get your shirt today. Hold on. What's, hold on. What, what, what number am I texting? All right. I was about to give it. Here we go. The number is 321-384-6275. Again, the number is 321-384-6275. Text the word shirt to get your shirt today. Text the word community to get in so you can have all the deals. And here's the thing that we tell people in the group. If you join it, you'll get access to our secret only deals. People are doing all these specific, you know, time of the year deals. We're doing deals year round every month, right? We have exclusive gear drops. We have everything we're trying to do. We have the uh, podcast releases that we're doing there. We have worksheets that go along with these podcasts, y'all, to get it and really make sure that you're able to not only listen, but you learn and you apply. So text us at 321-384-6275 to get in the know, because if you're in the know, you're, you're just amazing. That's all. <laughs> Thank you for that, Paul. To our lovely listeners, like Paul said, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. If you've been rocking with us since Rooted Deep, you got a special place in our heart. If this is your first episode, 
you still got a special place in our heart. But do us a favor, subscribe, leave a five-star review, share this episode out. If you got some value, hit Victoria up too and tell her how much you enjoyed this episode. Victoria, we appreciate you. Um, This was amazing. And to our listeners, until next time, peace, many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.